Cassie actually wrote in to Instagram and I happened to see it. I don't always see the Instagram inbox. Hi there. Do you have an episode on your podcast about superannuation as a sole trader? If so, what's it called so I can find it? Love your podcast, by the way, new listener here. Well, we don't, Cassie. Well, we may have in the past, but today we're going to talk about it. John, what's your thoughts on, and we'll just make it up, like someone could be 29 years old, they've worked for the last nine years, and they're like, I want to start my own business, I'm a sole trader. Yeah. And, you know, you might be doing some consulting or something like that, or um, I don't know, like, what's your thoughts about this super thing as a sole trader, knowing that you only have to pay superannuation if you are an employee. Yes. So you don't have to pay super if you are a sole trader. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think we've spoken about it a few times, Glenn, where as when you're starting your own business, uh, you've got money that uh, you're putting back into the business to grow the business and and super might get put to the side for the first year or so. Mm. Ideally, you want to continue to be contributing to super regardless of your entity, whether mm. you're a sole trader, company, individual, etc. So my ideal world feeling on John this- John did yeah. quotation marks in person, everyone. Yes, is if you have the funds and the means, regardless of whether you're an employee, I would be contributing to super. Mm. But if you're if you set up your own company and you're an employee of your own company, you have to statutorily anyway. Yes, that's right. But as a sole trader, you've got the option to. Yes, that's so right. So I'm saying you still should be doing it as a sole mm. trader. Realistic, real world, 2024 might not happen in the first year. Yeah. Because the funds aren't there, and you're trying. To, you can say, like, well, okay, I can put 12 percent away to super, or I can put that money back into my business to grow it, so I can eventually put more into super later on kicking the can down the road, I personally, if I had that choice, I'd say, yeah, it'll be the latter. I would be putting money back into my business to build it. If I can do both, fantastic. You? Yeah, I was just thinking I might make a a bit of a controversial comment uh, on this podcast, which might be a first time. For this year. For this year. When we talk about sole trader, you're effectively a small business, okay? Yes, even if you're a contractor and it's a fixed contract to government or something like that, right? So we know that 75 to 80% of small businesses fail within the first three to five years, Mm -hmm. okay? So what I'm thinking is when you start your business, the priority is to get money in the door. Obviously, you need to eat, pay yourself, pay business expenses and be standing for the next week to do it again. Yes. So when I started my first business, I did start as a sole trader. I wasn't paying any extra into super, didn't have to by law. And practically, oh, do I want to put $500 into super this month or pay rent? Pretty simple equation. Yeah. Rent needs to be paid. What I would probably hypothesize is, and this is the controversial comment, once you start your small business, if you are a sole trader, if you're not paying yourself super, and at the 1st of July this year, the... SG rate is 11.5%, mm-hmm. but we'll just call it 10% for loose you know, bush maths. Within three to four years, I reckon if you're not paying 10% of your earnings that you're drawing out of the business into super, you need to. Secondly, if you're not because you don't have the money, you need to question whether you can do this business or not. I don't think that's controversial. I think that is... 
logic. Mm. Yeah, because at the three-year stage, and everyone says three years, if it's not working, get out. Mm. Uh, but what if I'm enjoying it, right? But there's still an opportunity cost. <laughs> yeah, correct. But I would argue for most Australians, and this might be more controversial, mm. that 11.5% you probably won't miss anyway at that stage. No, and, and what I would say is set it up, even if it's a weekly payment, you know, do if it's $5,000 divided by 52, mm. you know, call it $100 a week, just set $100 a week, transfer into your super fund by BPAY mm. and then you claim that on tax at the end of the year. Build it in from year three, just do yeah. it automatically each week. Yeah. You don't have to wait, just do that. Get it happening automatically. But the thing is, like when you said, John, like, oh, you might be enjoying it and all that, well, that's fine that you're doing your self-employed thing, mm. you're enjoying it, you don't have enough money to pay yourself super. I mean, wh- what are you doing? Like you're l- losing out your trade of time into the workforce, the universe, the goods and services where you could earn more money working for someone else, getting super and getting paid really well. And that's the opportunity cost that you are potentially doing yourself or your family a disservice because you are worth more to just go out and work for someone than run your own business. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And and financially, that's a logical mm. statement, right? Lifestyle-wise, and and some people come from the train of thought of, okay, I get to do what I want when I want, regardless of the money I earn. And yes, I could earn more money elsewhere. I could go to the mines or I could do whatever. I'm not contributing to super, but... I'm doing everything I want right now. Mm. And and some people make that decision that's not financially the best outcome. Yep. And they could be legitimate things like the business could be going really well and, oh, Glenn, I'm, I'm in my fourth year and my business is going really well. Oh, that 30 grand that I could have put into super or the 20 grand or the 10 grand that I could put into super, I'm going to buy another piece of equipment because you are still really an establishment stage. Like you're not in fresh startup, mm. like three to four years, you're getting to the fact that you're established. Sure. You might make the judgment call that I will invest into some equipment or back into the business. That's all well and good, but I don't want you to ever think that you're not above diversification in your financial life. And a lot of small businesses are like, oh, my business is my super. That's fine. What if your business is worth nothing when you retire? Mm. And I hypothesize, but even drip feeding a weekly amount into your super account, you won't miss it and you're taking money off the table. Mm. Now, if you're being self-employed for eight years and you haven't really paid your super, you're you're a contractor, there's no real big investments that you need to make. And I'm talking capital investment, paying rent at the shop or 
paying ongoing P&L costs. That's not an investment. I'm talking equipment or like rent isn't equipment. So I'm saying if you have been more than five years, four years, six years, whatever that is, and you're not paying super as a self-employed person, you need to start because you need to get money off the table out of the business into another asset. And this is an interesting conversation that I hadn't even thought of, John, when I was reading this. We know that as a self-employed person, you've got the option, particularly when you're a contractor, where I, whether I contribute super to my retail super fund and that gets invested. You might have a biggest passion to be a property owner. You could consciously say, I'm going to save up and buy an investment property because mm. we're building retirement wealth yep. and we're taking money off the table from our business and diversifying whether that's in super or whether that's into an investment property. So I think when we first started contributing to super as business owners, it actually sharpened our financial wealth across business and personal because it really made us think, okay, we're paying ourselves a wage, this portion goes to super and this amount stays in the business. So it gave us some structure. I think previous to that, it was it, it we were guilty of one big money pit and it's like okay which is personal which is which is business uh, nothing's going to super we should be doing that are we paying ourselves a wage is it a distribution like it was just muddied waters there mm. for a while so that's another benefit of having that structure in place and that's another thing as well like if you have been self-employed for four to five years or even two years or one year like you've got to set your banking structures up yeah so the more money you get the easier it is to manage personal expenses, separate account than your business expenses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would say if you are self-employed and you are building a business, um, me personally, I'm always going to cap out the super because I'd rather pay 15% tax and park it for the long term than pay 30% outside of super. So from a tax planning and a wealth creation, capping out your super will always be better in terms of tax in the first instance then go and do your property. That's yep. some unsolicited advice. 